chip on the floor, man. Some neighbors were saying way too loud. That's only in the morning. Welcome in, everybody, to a brand new episode of the world-famous NASCAR podcast, Loose Lug Nuts, the NASCAR podcast by the average fan. For the average fan, I'm Evan Roberts, joined alongside Thomas Dick. Thomas, we got a special episode today. We got a up-and-coming rookie of the year driver. Yeah, this was uh, one of the interviews, I think, uh, 20, 25 years from now when he's, uh, you know, challenging for his third or fourth cup title. We'll be like, oh, remember when we talked to him back in uh, the COVID era? <laughs> you know, so the, I'll let you uh, tell people who we're talking to. Yeah, so on today's uh, special guest episode, uh, we have Carson Hosevar, who drives the number 42 truck for Nice Motorsports. Uh, currently, he is 21 points ahead in the Camping World Truck Series Rookie of the Year standings uh, with eight races left to go. He was kind enough to join us, but here he is, Carson Hosevar. All right, we now have one of the top young drivers on any NASCAR circuit these days. This season, he leads the Camping World Truck Series Rookie of the Year standings by 21 points with eight races left in the season. Welcome to Loose Lug Nuts, driver of the number 42 truck for Nice Motorsports, Carson Hosevar. Carson, thanks for joining us. How the uh, last three weeks been for you? Uh, thanks. Thanks for having me on. And uh, it's been decent. It's been up and down. Uh, you know, Texas and Nashville, we kind of struggled, kind of missed it on our setup a little bit. Um, you know, Texas, I think our, uh, Texas, our, our tire model and our sim was a little off, no practice and everything. You rely heavily on that sim. And then, uh, and then Nashville was just kind of the same deal. Never been to the racetrack and kind of threw it at the wind. And then Knoxville ran really good and, and just was one of the unfortunate circumstances or, or unfortunate, uh, fellows to get taken out there at the end. Uh, we'll get to your basing, racing background in a bit, but with the here and now, the last race of the regular season uh, coming up tomorrow at Watkins Glen. Uh, for you personally as a rookie and then for Nice Motorsports, how big would it be for you to make the playoffs? Uh, I mean, it's pretty big. You know, I think there's a lot of races that we could run really good at in, in the playoffs. And, then, you know, if we, we get our first win or anything, that's that's championship capability. And if you're not in the playoffs, you know, it's – all for not really um so it's it'll be big i know we're really close on the owner's points to making it um you know we're only eight points in way way the driver's points works out so hopefully we can we can sneak that in too and and you know there's a lot of races i have circled especially darlington and um you know bristol those are my my two that i think we'll be really good at and have a shot you know gateway is another one but it's so dirty air dependent but um, you know, obviously we ran really well at Darlington early in the year and, and Bristol, you know, Nice Motorsports has ran really good in the past. So, um, you know, hopefully we can, uh, you know, kind of put it together when we get in the playoffs. Um, this year, you and uh, Chandler Smith have really impressed as rookies and you're duking it out for uh, rookie of the year. How's your relationship with him off the track? Do you guys ever compare notes as the new guys or is it a rivalry type deal? Uh, I mean, no, uh, you know, we're Toyota Chevy, so we never compare notes. And, and if I find notes, I, I, I sure is, I'm sure not going to be the, he's not going to be the first on my list to, you know, kind of share that too, for sure. Um, we were in quarter midgets back in the day. So there's that mutual respect, I think. 
uh, as racers and competitors, but, uh, you know, as far as sharing notes as, as the new guys, uh, you know, that's, that's not the case. And how has it been this basically your first year on a, on a national circuit with lots of trips back and forth across the country? How's that been to deal with? Uh, I mean, it's fun. You know, I did this in quarter midget days when I first started, you know, they had a national circuit with USAC. So I've been to, you know, across the country and stuff. So it's, it's kind of like that, just obviously, uh, bigger scale and you know do it with nascar and handful of crew guys it's it's a lot more fun um but it's it's tough without practice you know go to all these racetracks for the first time it's so reliant on the same you, know, you can't you know, your, your practice is the week before you know you you're trying to run your same program other places and and it either hits or it doesn't the the knoxville race had so much promise and it even started out with some really good heat races and a pretty good first stage before it turned into that sort of shit show at the end. What are your thoughts on running at Knoxville? Uh, I mean, I was one of the first guys that was so pumped up about going to that place. I'm so pumped about going back to that place. It's just, you know, I think there's promise, right? You, you said, uh, you know, the heat races were really good. Uh, you know, I thought the beginning of the race was, was a lot better than I thought it was even going to be. You know, I thought it was going to be the bottom. Uh, just for how, how high the top was, I didn't think you'd even get up there. And then Johnny Sauter was the first one to make hay up on the top. And all of a sudden I drove to the front on the top and we moved around through slide jobs back and forth. It's just, uh, you know, I think there's ways to, you know, redo it or, or make it better, I guess, is, uh, is the say, I think you just got to redo the track more or, or, or do something to make sure you could start the track back. Um, you know, if we're, we're locking it down to the bottom, it's going to be Martinsville over again. And, and Martinsville's, uh, you know, last year was kind of a shit show in that sense. You know, we, we were all moving each other and sending each other out of the way. You know, I don't think it's, I don't think it's a dirt problem. It's just a one lane deal. All right. So a little bit on your background, you've really been fast since forever. How did you catch the racing bug? Uh, I mean, kind of like anybody just saw it on tv when i was two or three and you know that's kind of what i wanted to do you kind of just turned into like all the colorful cars you know just incited me when i was real little i didn't know what it really was and then i i kept watching on tv never really was interested in other sports i tried playing it um you know i'm six three so everybody tells me i should play basketball i tried my jump shot's not great um you'll understand why i don't play basketball when i try to play one-on-one or three-on-three whatever and uh, kind of found quarter midgets when I was about seven and tried that and was decent at it. You know, there was only three or four cars and rookies, but I, I won my first race. So I was instantly hooked. I was like, oh, you know, I've never won anything in sports. So I was like, this is this is right on my alley. And, um, you know, tried to kind of keep going on it and got better and better as it went. And luckily, I have really great parents that sacrifice a lot. You know, they work. 70 hours, 80 hours a week, it seems like, just to help me race. You know, it's an expensive sport. And luckily, I have great partnerships with a lot of people in Nice Motorsports definitely taking a chance on me and uh, Chevy. So that's kind of where we're at today. Yeah. Then uh, Johnny Benson, a hell of a driver, legendary nice guy. How did you get connected with him, and how's he been as a mentor? Uh, We kind of started – or him and my dad kind of started getting together, you know, we were 
had a look, little local track and my dad had a small sponsorship deal with uh, a few guys at, at Kalamazoo Speedway just trying to learn what racing was. You know, it wasn't anything too too big money or anything, you know, just trying to figure out just to get in the door and learn from these people that were at the top at, you know, Kalamazoo because thought I was just going to be a local racer, you know, or at least I was going to be the step. And one of the cars built was, was Johnny Benson and talked with Johnny. So I had that relationship a little bit. Um, and we ended up buying one of his late models and asked him if he'd come help and asked him everything. And it turned into just helping for the test to help in years down the line. He wanted to help race. And then now, um, you know, now we're in the truck series. He also, I always make the joke. He helps my dad on the business side more than he helps me on the racing side. Now, uh, we're, we're, we're back then a few years ago is the opposite. So, uh, so no, he, he's been, uh, he's been a big help. You know, I, I'd call him before every truck race, especially without practice and just talk with him what he fought, you know, back in his day, you know, at these racetracks. You, you won a lot in quarter midgets. At what point do you think it turned from being a hobby to, to being a future occupation? Was it, back then or was it not told late model success uh i, I think it was about when I, I turned nine uh i ran third or second a lot to a lot of people and i never won a lot it was never a hot streak of, of winning a lot and when i turned nine me and harrison burton actually were running for a national championship and it was me and him all the way down to like one point in the final race and he then retired and it seemed like that that winning spiral started and, uh, you know, almost almost became hard to lose, you know, back then. So it's, uh, you know, I had good race cars and everything. But, uh, you know, I think then was the turning point that, you know, I could kind of do this for legit. But obviously, I didn't think it would um, happen this quick to get to the national series. With your, ex you know, success that you experienced early on, was it hard for you to deal with that success and the raised expectations? And then a two-part question, have you, like, how have the other drivers um, who are like, you know, a little bit older in the truck series treated you? Uh, I, I think on, on my level, you know, I've never been in that, that number one seat, you know, um, you know, I ran for Jordan Anderson. I think it was just, you know, run the laps and, and anything higher than, than, you know, if I beat a good truck, you know, that was a, that was a win for us. And I know in practice or in qualifying, like there was a few DGR trucks that I beat at Phoenix. I was like, okay, that's, it's a good day. And then these motorsports, when I kind of got in, it was, um, you know, without practice or anything. And, and Ty seemed to be struggling. He was their number one guy. And, and, you know, nobody really knew where Nice motorsports was really at. And, um, you know, obviously when Ross would get in the truck, he'd run really good. So, I think our expectations were, you know, to work at top tens and then work at top fives and, and, and kind of just take it each, uh, each milestone as, at a time. And, uh, I think we've done that. I think we're close to wins two or three times this year. And I think that exceeds expectations for, for me, obviously that's, that's the goal, but, yeah. uh, I think that exceeds expectations. It's probably too early to tell, but but do you think you're a racing lifer, like a, a Ken Schrader or Kenny Wallace, who's going to be wheeling midgets long after your NASCAR career is over? Um, it seems like you are, like you really love racing. 
Yeah, I'd love to do it. You know, I wish I was Kyle Larson right now, uh, you know, running 700 races a year, you know. Um, you know, I'd love to run dirt and I'd love to run asphalt super late models and then, you know, go run the truck race, Xfinity race, cup race, whatever. Um, you know, obviously yeah, there's a lot of time there and a lot of, you know, luck that's going to be needed. But, uh, you know, even if I just run trucks for a few years, I'd love to go venture out and run dirt, um, you know, dirt midgets or world outlaws or something of that nature would be, would be really sweet. That'd be a, another dream of mine, but, um, if not, I'll just try and run as many super late mall races as I can. Uh, you had mentioned, uh, Chastain and Majeski heading into, you know, last season, you're excited about the part-time ride with, uh, Nice and how it'd be a great opportunity to learn from those, those two guys. How much did COVID COVID hinder, uh, that ability, or were you still able to gather some intel from them? Yeah, I mean, we still talked and everything. You know, obviously, Ross wasn't there full-time. He was just running part-time last year, and, and with with no practice, uh, it, it kind of hindered that. I could only really just talk to him. Um, you know, I'd call Ross really before almost every race and just talk to him. You know, I only had six or seven races, but I'd call him and just talk to him about everything, go through the list. And then uh, when he ran Bristol, you know, I, I always had him back in my mind when I'd run, you know, eighth or ninth. I'm like, oh, Ross could take this truck and win, right? And then I was like, oh, you know, I need to get better, need to get better. So I got it engraved in my head. And then he ran Bristol. And I ran in front of him most of the time. You know, he started 33rd and I started like 25th. And we kind of just trucked through the field the same way. I was like, okay, you know, I feel good now. Like, I, I feel like I'm doing something right. And we talked and we had the same sort of feedback. I was like, okay, you know, it just kind of really – solidifies in, in your head okay you're, you're doing everything right right and uh but he's been big especially this year he you know just you know my first full-time year what he 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 felt with and uh, or what he he would have done different you know when in his year with niece or you know he knows the guys like in the back of his hand you know they're it's a big family over there so just talking with him how how he dealt with phil what 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 works and what didn't so just just having him in my back pocket is really big yeah similarly not having practice and qualifying which we hate so hopefully you want that back like we do right oh absolutely absolutely <laughs> yeah so not having you know practicing qualifying at mainly all the tracks do you think that affects you more as a rookie a lot more than the veterans and then what has been the hardest part about learning these tracks on the fly uh, I mean, honestly, I think it makes everybody a better race car driver, to be honest. I think there's that aspect. I mean, everybody's unloads and, and you got to be really good now. And I think, you know, you people show up to these racetracks and kind of be a little off. And I noticed that Charlotte, when we actually had practice, you know, my my first lap on 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 the racetrack was P2 on the board. I was like, all right, you know, we're we're at Phoenix when I first started. You know, it took me two or three runs to even get in contention, you know, even in the ballpark. So it's, um, I think it's just made me a better race car driver. But uh, I think the aspect of it is, is definitely wider spread. You know, the racing is a little bit, uh, you know, you're either hit or miss. You know, it's not, uh, you know, every, all your speeds found at the shop or, or uh, on pit road or uh, behind the wall. You can't make it really back up on pit road. You can't adjust pivot points and, 
uh, you know, springs and shocks on pit road. You could really just adjust track bar, which doesn't do a whole lot in higher pressure. So, uh, you know, I think that's uh, that aspect was is going to be nice next year uh, to to have that back. Do you u- utilize a simulator, or if you do, how accurate is it? Ah, I mean, it's it's either hit or miss. Honestly, yeah. like it's I, I keep saying that, but uh, it's pretty true. It's either dead not nuts on, uh, and we run really good, like Charlotte. It was it was right on, um, or Darlington. It was pretty close, or it's um, you know, it's off, and we're we go to Texas, and we we feel like we're going to be kings of the world, and get in there and chatter the front tires and plowing tight, and can't get it to turn in a 40 acre field and and you're on 11th so it's uh or 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 you go to Pocono and you're on the splitter oh yeah it's 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 tough though because we're we're getting so many new tires you know Goodyear um with the with the COVID deal it's um you know we're doing tires that we haven't ran on all year or or before ever um like we ran Pocono same tire for years they said and and we brought an auto club so we're like, shoot, what was this tire do? And everybody thought it was going to be freer. And we left our truck alone because everybody said it was going to be freer, but the sim said it was going to be tighter. And the sim just lied to us the week before. So we're like, oh, we'll just raise it. we'll just split the middle and uh, end up being tighter. And we have some buddies from the cup side, and they said it was going to be way freer, so they tightened it up, and they texted us. What was it? We said fly on tight. They tightened their stuff up from last year, and they're like, uh-oh. It'll be a long day so it's uh i mean it's that aspect of it and uh i mean you just gotta be right when you unload and it's it's tough when your sim's not right uh you first came i think to national attention uh when you were 14 and and nascar parked you at berlin raceway despite you having success there as early as 12 uh, first of all are there any free carson t-shirts out there and uh second how hard was that to deal with at that time uh i mean it wasn't it wasn't that hard luckily uh we had the a pro late model series that traveled and we were planning on doing that the next next year and uh, we just kind of just turned our attention we we're just like oh we could go run that so in my mind i was like all right you know i'll lose a track championship but you know i get to go travel which is perfectly fine with me you know i've been begging to travel so it's uh just kind of rushed that process on it wasn't like i just had to sit at home and you know i i, I had a feeling we'd go back and win the track championship the next year and luckily we did um otherwise i kind of would have been disappointed because we had the points lead by a lot but uh no it wasn't wasn't a bad deal at all i knew the circumstances and um you know they were straightforward with me and you know there's a lot of politics down south about it um with, with another driver that lied about his age and, uh, uh, you know, use fake birth certificates. So they're trying to use me as a, as, as why did, why did he get allowed and not us? So, so uh, uh, no, it was, it ended up working just fine. Uh, we already mentioned Johnny Benson, but Brian Clausen is someone you have credited with your early success and you got to honor him with your paint scheme at Bristol. For those that don't know who is Brian Clausen, and how special was it to be able to pay tribute to him? Uh, I mean, he was the man of dirt for a while, um, you know, especially, um, you know, he'd run 200 races or was chasing 200, you know, run the Indy 500. And he was, I didn't really have an idol growing up. 
Um, you know, I was kind of a Dale Jr. fan, but he wasn't quite an idol. And, uh, you know, I kind of found Brian when I watched sprint cars and I, I'd sit there in the living room and watch Indiana sprint week and everything. I'd have old tapes. I'd turn it on when I was about eight or nine and, uh, have a shot to work with him in quarter minutes. He kind of used, I uh, did a little bit of, I guess, driver development, I guess you could say. And I went to, uh, where was it? Indiana. And we went, uh, a 600 sprint test with him and Tim. Um, and that was really big. That was the first time I ever been on dirt. And, you know, we'd talk about, we'll go to the brickyard and go run quarter minutes and he'd help me out a ton in there. And, uh, I was actually talking about going dirt racing or asphalt race. It was either go dirt racing with Brian and Tim with their driven development program or, or run late models. Um, with Johnny Benson, obviously the eager 12 year old I was, I was like, Oh, let's, let's do both. And, uh, you know, it didn't, it just didn't work out. And I wanted to go the cup route more than the world outlaw route. And, uh, you know, I, I've, I've never, I've never really lost anybody in my life, thankfully, or at least yet. Um, and when, and when I heard he passed, I just sat there and bawled, bawled my eyes out. So, um, I still wear the hat, still wear the t-shirts, you know, he's, he's an idol of mine and want to pay tribute to him. And, uh, you know, running that paint scheme was, was big big for me and hopefully it was for a lot of people out there hey Carson well we really appreciate you taking the time and joining with you or joining us we wish you all the best uh, this weekend at Watkins Glen and hopefully we can see you make a good playoff run yeah thank you guys appreciate yep. it see ya a special thanks again for to Carson for joining us uh biggest takeaway really nice guy and he just seems like a super competitive kind of guy the thing i kind of laughed about the most was when he kind of wishes that he was kyle larson running 700 races every week <laughs> every year yeah uh definitely a, a, it's amazing these guys get the racing bug as a kid and you know just keep going after it um and he's with us bring back practice and qualifying although he, i did find it weird he said that not doing it makes you a better racer so yeah well i guess it's just more uh like learning on the fly i guess you know if the car's not working right you got to handle it till the pits so i can see that yeah but a really good interview and uh i think he makes a push down the ed, uh, end here uh it's gonna be great watching him and carson's or uh, chandler smith sorry uh duke it out for rookie of the year it'll be interesting too with the truck playoffs coming up he said he likes a couple of those tracks so it'll be uh, interesting to see how he can do that but uh overall good interview i'm glad we were able to do it but uh, we appreciate you guys listening uh make sure to, to subscribe and rate us give us five stars then unsubscribe resubscribe help uh, inflate those numbers follow us on twitter at loose lug nuts pod or on instagram at loose lug nuts podcast we will be back uh on friday to preview the upcoming weekend's races we will see you I grew up in Texas where football was my game Until that racing fever started burning in my brain Started running mini stocks when I was 13 And won a short track championship when I was just 16 I met a man named Harry Hyde, he built a car for me Sponsored by Granddaddy Hillen's Drilling Company 
say that lady luck has given me the brakes. I must admit she smiled a bit, but it's me that runs the race. Now you can't be a champion due to luck or circumstance. I'll do the best I can for those who've given me the chance. Thank you for. 